Hey guys, it's Hadley. And it's Emily. And the bitches are back. And things are going to get dark. Damned. And disturbed. Hello, Miss Girl. Girl. Y'all already know her name is Dookie. She's still on the Dookie train with having her name is Dookie. And we're spooky. Spooky Dookie. Um, <laughs> spooky Dookie. Spooky Dookie. Um, I moved my setup. I'm in a different room in my house. And usually my dogs lay on my bed so it doesn't make any noise. So if you hear a little like click clacking, it's my dogs moving on the hardwood floor. Um, I brought a blanket, but Luna took the entire thing and now Diesel can't lay on it. So She's rude. <laughs> She's very rude. But... So it's spoopy month, or spooky as in spooky dookie. Um, so we're doing like hauntedy Halloweeny episodes because duh. So we're gonna start off with a bang here. We're gonna talk about the Driscoll Hotel. Emily and I tried to record this and it didn't work. So it Emily didn't work. Emily heard like the first minute and a half of it, and then we had to stop. But <sighs> we persevered, and now here we are. And we're gonna we're gonna do it today. So the Driscoll Hotel is located in Austin, Texas, and it was built in 1886, and it is listed in the National Registry of Historic Places. So, AKA, it's is hella old. Um, um, and it's only like four and a half hours away from me. So, no, goodbye. Let's Bye. go. Mm-mm. Nope, I'm busy every day for the rest of my life. What? Literally busy every day for the rest of my life. Jesse Driscoll is the man who built the hotel, and he paid for it, and he was a successful cattle baron, and he moved from te- to Texas from Missouri because he was looking to make a lot of cash money. So, during the Civil War, this was, um, his story was kind of confusing, so just bear with me. Mm-hmm. So, during the Civil War, he was in Bastrop, Texas, and he was selling cattle to the Confederate Army and Texas Rangers. He was paid in Confederate dollars, and he ended up going broke because after the war, that form of currency was obsolete, so he had all this money that he couldn't do anything with. Wow. Uh, And on top of having Confederate currency, he also ran out of cows, so he had no more cows, and he had all this money that he couldn't do anything with. And after all of that, he moved to the Austin area with his wife, four daughters, and two sons. He was in need of some cash money at this point because the war's over and he's got no more army to sell his cows to. And people often described him as being money and power hungry. And one of the articles I read literally described him of described him as being like Tony Stark without his character redemption and also Scrooge McDuck. Which, first of all, don't come after my boy Tony like that. Um, <laughs> do not. Do not. <clears throat> Like Tony Stark, but not at all. Yeah, literally. Uh, All you had to say was, rich like Tony Stark, asshole like Scrooge McDuck. And the point would have been there. That's all you had to say. Exactly. Um, Don't come after Tony, he's a hero. So, (laughs) (laughs) he basically was fully funded by blood money from the war. And he was one of the richest men in Missouri at the time that he lived there. And then he wanted to diversify his portfolio, which is why he was, like, expanding out and trying different ventures 
1884, he bought the land and he started the process of building his Blood Money Hotel. And in 1886, it finally opened. The article I read on AustinGhosts.com really drove it home that this was all blood money. He made his fortune from feeding soldiers who were killing people, and it was noted several times that the entire situation with the blood money and the hotel and everything, it was just not giving off good vibes to anyone involved, which I understand, but also I kind of was wondering if maybe we were putting a lot of emphasis on that. Um, <laughs> I, like, I was like, I don't know, people gotta eat? Like, even if it's a war, you gotta eat. So it's like, you know, to an extent, if my history is correct, some of these people didn't have a choice but to fight in this war. So it's like, you kind of just had to do what you were told. But so I don't Sorry. Yeah. Um, I just personally don't think it goes that deep politically. But anyway, I digress. What do we know? People do claim that the blood money is part of the reason that the hotel is so haunted. And I'm. I'm willing to say it's not helping the situation at the very least. I can't say that it's the <laughs> cause, but I'm not going to say that it's helping at all. And this is just a random little tidbit, which is kind of interesting. President Johnson and his wife had their first date in the hotel bar. Nice. Which it, they kind of come back around on the backside anyway, so... The Driscoll Hotel is said to be so incredibly haunted that there's even a Spotify playlist that is all about the hauntings and the hotel. So let's just go ahead and get down to the nitty gritty here. The real reason that we're here listening to this, which is uh, the ghosts. So um, the first notable ghost is the cowboy. The cowboy is said to be Jesse Driscoll himself. And after the hotel opened, he fell on hard times and was really struggling financially which during this time frame meant that he was basically blowing every penny that he had on gambling, women, and alcohol right after he opened the hotel. And literally, not long after that, he had to sign away the hotel to someone else because he lost it in a card game where he gambled the deed. What? Yeah. Uh, It was said that at that point, he was in debt up to his eyeballs, so I don't really think it mattered. I think he was going to lose the hotel regardless, but he was just like, I'd rather lose it on my terms. Let me lose it in a poker game. People were wild back then. (laughs) Yeah, man. Does this, I guess this classifies as like the wild, wild west, but not really. Like, it's close. It's gotta be close. in the west, and it's wild. Gotta be closer than Florida is, so I'm gonna gonna classify it as that. Uh, Monica Ballard, who wrote the book True Haunted Tales of Driscoll Hotel said this, quote, One of my most favorite stories is one of the few sightings we've had of Colonel Driscoll. One of his favorite rooms in the Driscoll overlooks 6th Street and Brazos, and there was a a consultant in town who woke up one night to see a gentleman standing in his room, looking out the window about 3 o'clock in the morning, puffing on a cigar. He sat up in bed and said, Hey, fella, what the hell are you doing in my room? He said the guy looked at him and gave him a look like, "Uh, this is your room? (laughs) No. But he didn't say anything. The consultant leaned over and snapped on the light by the bed, and when the light came on, there was no one standing by the window. But the curtains were still swaying, and there was a cloud of cigar smoke in the air. And at that point, I would have had to call housekeeping for new sheets, because I would have literally (laughs) pooped myself. (laughs) <laughs> literally pooed myself in this hotel <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> um 
listen, the other night the dogs started barking and because of the time change and like, I'm still not sleeping right from coming from the West Coast back to the East Coast. Not you. I'm up until like three o'clock in the morning a lot. And the other night I was laying in bed and like, my house is not haunted. I know it's not like, it's not one of those things, but the dogs, it was like 3.30 in the morning. I was like literally falling asleep and I could like, it sounded like their fingernails on the floor but they were both on the bed. And so I was like, oh God, here it comes. I was like, no, there's something in here. There's someone in here. I definitely uh, would have been creeped out. So I, it's just very on brand for me. I sleep with a pocket knife on my nightstand because I'm here by myself. So She's I, my, this is just a pocket knife. It's not the big knife. It's just a pocket knife. The big knife is in Washington, but yeah, so I opened my little pocket knife and I was like, please don't make me stab you with this very short blade. <laughs> very close to me. So, Jesse is said to make his presence known, especially around women. If you're a lady and you start to smell cigar smoke around you, it's more than likely your boy Jesse. Wow, he's trying to holla. Yeah, trying to holla at you, girl. Um, <laughs> I found that he opened the hotel on December 20th, 1886, and in 1888, his his family, that's when they lost their fortune, a late spring freeze killed off 3,000 of their cattle, and they couldn't make the hotel payments. He died in 1890 of a stroke, and people say that when he died, he was a broken man. Aww. Literally and figuratively, because he lost all his money, and he was also sad about it, so, you know so sorry i just can't get over the fact that like he had all that confederacy currency could you imagine how frustrating that must have been you make all this money and then you literally can't do anything with it like, i mean they can't convert it for you or i don't know if they did or didn't i didn't think to research that i can't remember but um oof. the next notable ghost is the bride so, in the early 1990s, a bride checked into her room, which is room number 329. She was straight up not having a good time. <laughs> not having a good day. Her husband called off their wedding, and honestly, you know, she did what any reasonable woman would do. And I think all the ladies will agree with me. Um, she went on a $40,000 shopping spree. <laughs> and like a food free-for-all and she literally did this within a couple days girl spent 40 g's within like two or three days did you did you look up how much that is today it was in the 90s like this was literally like 30 years ago there's still inflammation there's still inflammation you mean inflammation? yeah <laughs> cut i <laughs> know that is staying in <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> I hate when my money's inflamed. <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yeah, you hear my keyboard clack clack? I sure do. ASMR. It's just a. Still It'd be, it would be double. $83,000 today. I not. Like, how do you. I can't. I, like, how do you spend that much? Take me to Lowe's, babe. I'll show you. Uh, you said take you to Lowe's? <laughs> Take me to Target, babe. I'll show you. I, like, I can understand if you bought a car. Like, sure. But these dogs just be hella moving. Sorry. Anyway. um, Take me to Lowe's. I'll show you what's up. <clears throat> Anybody need a washer and dryer? Anyone in here need a washer and dryer? On me. <laughs> washer, dryer. I'll remodel my whole house. Get Just I, give me some time. See, I'm like a car. 
I can understand a car. But, like, well, I guess in Austin in the 90s, they definitely would, Austin definitely has, like, Louis Vuitton and Gucci. Yeah, it's kind of bougie over there. Yeah, so they have all YSL, like, they have all of those places. So, it could definitely be done. I just am the kind of person that, like, if I'm swiping my debit card for, like, $150, I'm like, Plah! nope, <laughs> I can't. Um, and I'm just literally sitting here thinking about how this woman spent half, like, in the 90s, that was, like, half of what Gary makes in a year. And I'm just like, that's that's a lot of money! <laughs> it really is a lot of money. I'm like, Ugh. like, that's, that's close to half of what Gary makes in a year. And I'm like, that is disturbing. Because mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here like, that's, like, six months... That's like like six seven months of Gary's pay. Like, what could I do if I just had that to spend? I don't think I would spend it on a shopping spree. I'd probably just go on vacation. That's what I would have done. But honestly, yes, I would go on vacation, not to the Driscoll Hotel though. Yeah, and I mean, so it did say she also went on a food free for all, which like that's a vibe. It really truly is. Like, I could spend a lot of money on some food. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now, I could probably spend an easy ten G's on some food. For yeah, real. no problem. For real. So, um, I actually did put in here. I wrote this. I wrote this like a week and a half ago. And I forgot about it. But I literally put literally the next time Gary minorly inconveniences me, I'm gonna tell him to listen to this part of this episode because I could do this, but I don't. She could bankrupt you. Got no money on my cord. <laughs> I would never. Okay, but like, <laughs> remember Gary next time, minorly inconvenience me. Watch yourself, Gary. Oh, sir. We both shared the same Amex account. Watch yourself. Watch it. So, on the third day, unfortunately, like, post-canceled wedding, she got up. She, and this, this is where I was like, why did you even do it then, girl? But anyway. So, she gets up. She lined up everything that she bought. And used a pillow to muffle the sound and using a pillow to muffle the sound, she pulled out a gun and shot herself in the head. Did she keep the she keep the receipts? I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like, did the police just take it back for you? They're just like, hey, like, she bought this. She ain't here no more. Will you take this back? Like, what do you yeah. what do you do in that situation? So, people most commonly see her ghost carrying bags, which I'm assuming are shopping bags, like, up and down different hallways in the hotel. Um, and honestly, I can't tell you that I would know that was a ghost right off the bat. I would just be like, oh, wow, what's it like to be rich? Um, and then I would just be like... I'd be a little jealous until I remembered she was a ghost. Um, and up next is... The child, uh... Kids are freaky, and especially when it's a kid ghost. Human yeah, kids, kids are already human scary. Kids are scary enough as it is, but now we have one that's a ghost. So, a child died in the hotel by falling down a flight of stairs. Um, and I've seen conflicting things. I saw in one place that it was a girl. I think it might have been, and I saw one place it was a boy, either way. So, the kid dropped their little ball and bent over to reach down the stairs to pick it up. And when they did, they leaned a little too far. And they tumbled down the stairs and they died in the process. And obviously, this place is notably haunted. So, paranormal investigators have gone to the hotel. And once they were there, some were able to capture some audio of what sounds like a ball, like, bouncing against the stairs or, like, against the wall. And little giggles. 
that's where it gets weird for me is like please don't giggle that that would, that would scare me. me that would be the end of me um mm -hmm. and i'm just telling you right now i would literally never step foot in this hotel kids are freaking creepy um and giggling is either the most precious sound or the worst sound on the world there's no in between um <laughs> so come on girl let's go um in this context it is definitely the worst sound in the world so one week after the child fell, people started claiming to see a young, they said a young girl, so that's what I was saying. Like the first thing I read said it was a little boy. They, people started seeing a little girl running up and down the hallways playing with a ball. Uh, no, goodbye, literally, never. <laughs> and there is an urban legend that is known about the hotel. On the fifth floor, there's a painting, and honestly, it is hella creepy. It's a very creepy painting of this little girl with flowers, and once again, it's because kids are freaking creepy. Um, it was inspired by a painting that Charles Garland did titled Love Letter, and the hotel's painting was done by Richard King. It's a little girl holding a bouquet of flowers in one hand and a letter in the other hand. The girl in the painting is believed to be the daughter of a senator, and they think that it's her that died in the stairwell accident. Um, and people that walk past the painting in the hotel say that they get a sense of something sinister being present, and they feel like it follows them until they leave the hotel. So, I wouldn't stay the night in this hotel, but I would definitely go visit it during the day, yeah. between the time of 12 and 1. Yeah, between 12 and 12.15, I would go, I would walk into the lobby just to say I've been there. And the whole time, I'm going to just be doing the little, you know, I'm going to have a cross, carry it in the with me. Hello, everyone. How are you? Bring some holy water. We'll yeah. I'm going to put some holy water in this hydro flask, and I'm going to just be slurping, okay? <laughs> Please, God, protect me. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Um, and the legend even goes on to say that the ghost child that has been heard is possibly the little girl in the painting. And people also say that they have seen the expression on the little girl's face change. Which I'm telling you right now, if I saw that, I would die of cardiac arrest. Like, if I saw her face one way and then five minutes later it looked different, no. Literally, just call an ambulance because I'm done for. I would run. You've never seen me run, babe? <laughs> I would be running, and you would be like, "Whoa, she's running. We need to run too." Because if I'm running, everyone, you need to run. Run, okay. Trust me. If Emily is moving at any speed faster than molasses, y'all need to go. Because I don't run. So, as I mentioned before, President Johnson and his wife had their first date there in 1934, and they apparently used to come back to the hotel often to just kind of like reminisce on their youth, and they would come back for special occasions. President Johnson would frequently visit the hotel, and he actually watched the results of the 1964 election from the presidential suite at the hotel, which, I guess you didn't know, he won, so, you know, shout out him, I guess. Um, people say that this was one of his favorite places in Austin, and people have said that they have seen him and his wife as reflections in the mirror, in mirrors, and they have seen them out of the corner of their eyes. Mm. Like, mm-mm. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I know what he looks like, and I know what his wife looks like for the most part. But like, if I were to see that, I wouldn't immediately be like, "Oh my God, that's President Johnson and Lady Bird." What, what are you doing here? Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't think about it that in depthly. I would almost rather to see a ghost like in front of me than to see 
things, you know. In passing and you go to look and it's not there. Like that yeah. that's worse to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would rather just sit like, oh, it's a it's a ghost. Yeah, okay. Hey. Hey sir, how you doing, sir? <laughs> like, <I> go. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I'm gonna run through you, sir. Yeah, good day. And there's a couple other things that have led people to believe the hotel is haunted. And we've already talked about one bride, but the hotel has a history of having multiple what they call suicide brides. One bride, it was basically the same story. The husband canceled the wedding, but the wedding was actually supposed to happen at the hotel. And so she was so heartbroken, she went to her room and hanged herself. It that I double-checked that, and hanged is the correct word. It just feels yeah. weird in my mouth to say that. I feel like it should be hung, but I know. But mm-hmm. I agree. So, if you're an English teacher, please let us know why it'd be like that. So, Because <laughs> um, it doesn't have a good mouthfeel. But this bride is often seen roaming the fourth floor in her wedding dress, and people don't really believe that she is a confirmed haunting because it kind of, like, it doesn't make sense that she would be roaming the hotel in her wedding dress that she never wore. Um, yeah. I understand, and at first I wanted to argue, but, like, I'm starting to wonder if maybe before she killed herself, she put her dress on just as, like, a, she could have. like, see herself in it. Um, but it wasn't noted anywhere that she was found in her dress, so I'm not 100% sure. Um, and if there's one thing that I have learned from all of this, it is to not have any part of your wedding, the ceremony, the reception, just a hotel to stay at after your wedding being canceled, your honeymoon, etc. Nothing. Nothing pertaining to your wedding needs to have anything to do with the Driscoll Hotel. Just heed my warning, take my advice. And another bride, which for this story, there isn't a ton of details, but 20 years to the day later of the original suicide bride, a second bride took her life while on her honeymoon. Um, This took place in room 535, which has given the room a reputation, but people haven't really confirmed her as a ghost or anything. It's just kind of weird, but we hear stories all of the time like this of haunted hotels and most creepy hotels just have like one room that's really bad compared to the others and i believe like room 535 is like that room at this place um but that is the story of our spooky freaky weirdly haunted Driscoll hotel and okay. um i've never been to austin and i don't have any desire to get within a five mile radius of this hotel if i can avoid it um because i don't like to be taking chances it would so be it, it might be fun to go like tour not sleep there no my thing and i think i've said this before my thing i'm not afraid of the ghost i'm afraid of something attaching to me that is we'll what- have holy water i have extra rosaries at home you know i'm catholic well i was catholic not catholic <laughs> I got my rosaries at home. I can stop by the church, get some holy water. You know, you can get a little squeezy bottle. You can put it in whatever. <laughs> Chugging it in my hydro flask. <laughs> I'll, put it in my, I'll put it in a hydro flask. I'll go put it in like an alcohol flask. We'll just have the holy water to just. Little, little, little shots of Jesus. Hey girl, hey girl. <laughs> no, I just, it's not. That's what I'm mostly spooked out by is not. Because like I do, I do believe in ghosts. I don't, I do think that we're like not. There's a lot of things I believe in, like aliens and ghosts and things. Like, I don't think we're ever actually alone anywhere. Um, Yeah. But it's one of those things that it's like, that's 
that's what I'm more afraid of. It's like a dark entity attaching itself to me and like following me home or going home because I can barely make it through the day as myself. Um, I don't know that I could guarantee you I would make it through the day <laughs> with a no. demon attached to me. <laughs> I would not. I would just. And also, just love, Gary would absolutely under no circumstance be able to handle a demonic possession. On top of everything else that I already am in my whole existence, a demonic possession would probably be the thing that Gary was like, I gotta go. I can't, I can't do this. That's where it taps out. That's where it taps out. Demonic possession. Because um, I'm convinced that for a little while he probably thought I already had a demon attached to me, but <laughs> he obviously knows now that I don't. <laughs> or do you? Um, you know, I don't think I do, but I really have no way to confirm or deny that. So I definitely could, but I don't think I do. But yeah, um, that's really what it is for me. It's not so much, you know, because I have a hard time believing that like if people are murdered in a place or like someone dies somewhere, like I feel like a part of your soul stays in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like traumatic. Yeah, because let me tell you, there's some traumatic things that have happened to me that my soul is definitely in some places, in some doctor's offices, and a few other places on this planet. Okay, let me tell you. So, there's <laughs> oh things happen. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that's what I think. I'm. And that's that's really what it is, is I don't, I don't want anything to attach to me. So, I don't care so much about, like, being in places that are haunted. It's just, because, you know, some ghosts are friendly. Some ghosts are like Casper. They want to be a friend. And so that's fine. I'm yeah. with a friendly ghost. I just don't need one that's going to try to attach to me. But I think <laughs> we can plug our socials um, because we're very inconsistent. Ooh. So we have our uh, Instagram, which is Dark Game Disturbed Podcast. Our Gmail is darkdamedisturbedpod at gmail.com. Our TikTok is darkdamedisturbedpod. The Facebook is facebook.com slash darkdamndisturbed or DD Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can leave a review on Apple or you can leave a review on Facebook. Um, and we did check the stats the other day and we broke like 3,000 streams, which is really cool. So thank you guys. Um, Thanks for listening. Listening. We personally think we're pretty stupid, but we appreciate that you guys, I mean, you might think we're stupid too, but thanks for listening anyway. So... <laughs> stupid but hilarious i i we really are the funniest people that i know i think this month we might be doing an episode with my sister um and let me tell you when you get the three of us together it's just if you think emily and i are bad um (laughs) add my gonna be lots of talking add my sister to the mix and it's just we are like the three stooges together so (laughs) um i actually haven't even talked to jerry about that yet so yeah girl hey you want to be on an episode girl Surprise! Surprise, Jerry! <laughs> um, but it's her birthday month, so I wanted to do something a little special, put her on the pod. Hey, girl. Um, especially since I'm flying back to the West Coast on her birthday, so sorry about that, girl. Um, How rude. <laughs> it was the cheapest day for the flight. <laughs> Disrespectful. It is, but yeah, thank you for all the support, guys. Um, but we will catch you in the next little spooky Halloween episode. Bye! Bye.